Hello, welcome to episode 148 of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. Starring me, Stephen Hill. Hello, how are you? Hope you're well. I'm also joined as ever by Renfrey Deadman. How are you, Renfrey? I also hope you are well. I am well. There's that starring word again. Uh, yes. Right. <laughs> Facts. I'm very, um, I'm good, man. I'm very, very good. How are you doing? I'm all right. Thanks, mate. It's good Eat. to have you co-starring alongside me. <laughs> as ever <laughs> yep. uh how's your week been yeah really good man i've had a really really good week i've went to a show you went to a show um yes uh we saw the same band on different days yeah. because we we can't actually our relationship is strained to the point now where we can't actually spend any yeah, time together. Yeah. We're like Roger Walters and Dave Gilmore <laughs> yeah. in 1980, aren't yeah. we? We're not allowed in the same room together anymore because we'll be at each other's throats, just claw, trying to claw each other's uh, uh, vocal cords out. That'll do. Save, save this for the memoirs, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, shit. <laughs> that'd save be this fun. for the memoirs. Yeah. Oh, that'd be quite good. Yeah, we should do that. Would it, would it be good? Do you think people would buy a book based on our... <laughs> three-year-old podcast and the well, I, if fucking, I, if fucking the, justin the star, i know you're i know you're all fucking interested in the start i say all of you <laughs> mostly most of them have gone now haven't they to be perfectly honest which is great but um yeah if justin bieber uh can write a autobiography or a memoir or whatever the fuck he wrote mm. then we can i would say but hey. yeah in in 2011 i read theo walcott's autobiography which i believe came out in 2008 so when he was 18, um, I read his autobiography when I was on holiday in Tunisia in about 45 minutes. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I Rooney's was waiting done one as well, for... hasn't he? Wayne, isn't, didn't, didn't Wayne Rooney do one super, super, super early or am I? He probably did. I yeah. mean, that would have been I mean, ghostwritten, wouldn't it? <laughs> let's let's oh, face definitely. it. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> would, yeah. Yeah. Undoubtedly, that would have been. I don't and think he the can the spell Theo the Walcott's one was, I was born, I went to school, I played football, <laughs> I liked my girlfriend and my dad, and then I got called up for the England squad. Wow. Wow. Two stars. That was it at the time. That would be an interesting special, yeah. wouldn't it? Reviewing um, football memoirs and autobiographies. I'd just sit here whilst you review them. <laughs> <laughs> there are some good ones to be fair i'm sure there what are this has to do with what this has to do no, with music i know no idea i'm not sure no. actually i think we should try and get to the kernel of why we're talking about this but that would then send this tangent even further off mm. into a place where it doesn't need to be mm. so i'm going to take reins of the show Renfrey. on this week's show we're going to be reviewing new music from garbage afi Wolf Alice and Wrist Meat Razor. And before we go any further, we should point you in the direction of our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash right act podcast, where you can sign up for some of the exclusive content that we do over there. If you sign up for any amount, you get the opportunity to contribute an album for our writers review, which is where you suggest an album and Renfrey and I will wax lyrical on said album eventually when we get around to it we have done a lot of them so far i think we've done was it 60 73 we're up to now 74? 72 72 okay yeah 72 albums have been uh, put under the microscope by renfrey and i including the likes of the mars volta who we also did for the other one we'll talk about in a minute um no actually did we do the mars oh yes we did we did uh yeah, France France Samute, Samute, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. mars volta death of brother 1979 biffy clyro candle box devon townsend uncle placebo Terror Vision, The Workhorse Movement, The Natural Ball Killer Soundtrack, Oasis, Bon Iver, The Magic Preachers, Nick Cave, Cattle Decapitation, Typo Negative, Them Crooked Vultures, 100 Gex, 
your mm. faves. Tyler the Creator, Probot Bjork, Mr. Bungle, Cavell Attack, Velvet Revolver, Killing Joke, 100 Reasons, Kings of Leon, London Grammar, loads and loads of stuff over there. We've just put up a writer's review on Miles Davis. Mm. We did uh, In a Silent Way, is that what it's called? Uh, in a Silent Way, yes. In a Silent Way, yeah, that is what it's called. Yeah, In a Silent Way by, by Miles Davis, which um, ended up... We were quite daunted about doing that, but it ended up being A, a really good chat, B, a really good album. You know, as we chat about our kind of fairly limited knowledge on Miles Davis as an artist, much to our embarrassment. And um, the kind of link between a lot of the stuff that we cover now on the podcast and that record, which we maybe might not have considered initially, the kind of more ambient, well, you say it all the time, Renfrew, so I'm going to say it, but there's a sort of post-rock feel to it, right? Absolutely, there is. Um, well, kind of, I mean, yeah, I I, I think more on post the Post-something. More on the sort of ambient side than, um, mm. than, I don't know, the kind of, like, explosions in crescendo the sky, core. crescendo core yeah. thing. But, um, yeah, um, I, like, it feels like, I think we posited that it was maybe one of, if not the first sort of ambient album, um, I'm sure there'll be some people who go, oh, actually, this came out in 1967. And actually, like, please do message us like, in a nice way if there are um, other mm. ones, because I would be curious to know. Um, but uh, In a Silent Way came out in 1969, didn't it? So, mm -hmm. so yep. yeah, I mean, it was pretty pretty damn early. And, um, yeah, and the, the, the that album is so advanced for reasons which, you know, you can hear we on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, great record. Great record. We're going to be doing Bauhaus next week as well. So mm. it's very different. That's for any amount of money. Anything above a pound you can get on the Rioters review. Renfrey's changed glasses. I've You're just out changed my glasses. Patri yep. got putting your Patreon glasses on. And um, <laughs> is, that, is that what that is? I don't know. Uh, I've, actually, I've, anyway, actually got, I've actually just got two new pair of glasses, uh, which is what the Patreon has paid for. So thank you very much. I can now see properly. Oh, look. Yeah, yeah, yes. Great. All mine goes on vinyl and chocolate. So... And beer. You've been beering quite you. a lot recently, haven't you, Steve? I have actually had four beers last night at Puppy. Yeah, you've been beering uh, quite a bit. Yeah, all right. Well, are you, what kind of... Is some sort of judgment for you? <laughs> Coming from you is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, anyway, no, no, five pound, five pound a month, you can get our classic album series podcasts. We did one on Morbid Angel a couple of weeks ago. There are classic albums on the likes of The Beatles, Weezer, Sepultura, Pixies, Depeche Mode, Nick Cave, Marilyn Manson. Shouldn't have said him. <laughs> Opeth, Gallows, Jane's Addiction, <laughs> System of a Down, Foo Fighters, Beastie Boys, Queen of Stone Age, Cave In, Blur, Lamb of God, Glassjaw, many, many more. And uh, Seager Ross as well. Mm -hmm. That happened. Mm -hmm. uh, we are going to be doing Neil Young's After the Gold Rush, which is Renfrey's pick. Mm. I still don't know what I'm going to do after that, Renfrey. I've got a couple of ideas, but I don't actually know definitely what i'm gonna do after that i had an idea um i was looking at your list the other day and i had an idea this is not to be discussed now but i did have an idea which i will posit to you at the end of this record okay cool all right anyway that is our patreon page patreon.com forward slash right podcast where you can get some stuff also i should say it's been a hell of a couple of weeks over on our sister podcast broken records every monday we do another podcast searching for the worst album ever made Thank you for uh, all of your lovely feedback on my singing voice when we did the True Symphonic Orchestra <laughs> Concerto in True Minor. That was one of the better episodes, the funnier episodes of Broken Records. Um, 
Yeah, it was it was it was it was, it was really good fun doing that. Uh, thank you to all it the was. people. Who... I mean, I I I just like going Moon River <laughs> quite a lot. So you know, thank you to it, all the people who pointed out that we uh, mispronounced James Lebris, uh name constantly. I mean, a James Lebray. Uh, I think I think it's Bree. I think you're fine. No, uh, it's not. <laughs> it's Bray. It's He's bray. braying like a donkey. <laughs> Um, I mean, it was partly on purpose, uh, and it's because we have absolutely no respect for him. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I'd like to say that uh, Broken Records will always be that funny, but it, it's gone from kind of hilarious to just bizarre, because on Monday we're doing Philosophy of the World by the Shags, which... I mean, honestly, I, I I think it might be the oddest thing we'll ever cover. The story Could it of the be? shags. Could it be? And I don't know this yet because you have specifically told me not to look up the story um, so that mm -hmm. I will be shocked when we record it. But yeah, people keep sending, tweeting us stuff, going, oh, it's this and that. Don't tell Winfrey <laughs> about it until we've recorded it. Could it be the strangest story in music because just just from the hints that i've picked up like you the way you're talking about it you're like oh my god this is bonkers is it the strangest yeah, I, story I, you've come across in music uh, it's definitely one of them and i think it, what it means is i mean you've listened to the records mm -hmm. i've listened to the records i think due to the context i have slightly different thoughts on the record and okay. i think that's what will make a kind of interesting podcast yes is that just listening to the record, yes. you go, what the fuck? Mm. But when you know about it, you're like, okay, well, the circumstances under which this was made, I feel like we're already getting into it, but the mm. circumstances under which it was made means that I can't think of another band who have made a record under those conditions. Okay. Is what I would say. Okay, interesting. I think it is genuinely one of the oddest things that has happened and it makes our, our sole news story seem kind of quite mundane by <laughs> comparison, to be perfectly honest. But I still think this is fairly unusual. Bill Bailey, apparently, is going to write a Eurovision 2022 song. Because we didn't really talk about Eurovision because, I don't know, I didn't watch it. And anyway. I, I didn't either. And it's, it's also got nothing to do with music, has it? Eurovision, let's face it. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> Uh, yes and no. I mean, it, you know, it, it's very, it's, uh, it's got something to do with music. I was, I was being facetious, but you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got a lot to do with outfits and mm. sort of general sort of camp and, and, silliness. And, and I don't politics. think the UK seems to, under, <laughs> yeah. And I don't think the UK seems to understand that. Because if you listen to the bloke who we sent over there, it's like, why are you sending this like beige fucking X Factor reject. Yeah. I know he wasn't actually on X Factor, but like, why are you sending this beige cunt over there? Like, he's not going to win. And then they're surprised when Europe go, no, that's not what, not what we want from well, this. But anyway. Why, Bill, why is Amanda know, Holden like representing us in terms of the, the scores and stuff and then saying stuff, you know, like saying stuff. I oh, mean, yeah. it's just, it's the fucking Why is Amanda Holden representing anything? Yeah. Other yeah, than yeah, exactly. the, the kind of, the, idiotic nature of society I like, think if it was yeah exactly I, th I think we deserved to get nil point as they say because you know and and fucking hell like we've just like everyone knows it's more politics than music and we've just like brexit come on it's f like all these articles going why did we get no points but it's fucking politics mate that's why i'm sure the song was utter dog shit as well but the, the politics is the main reason and it always has been with eurovision and it always will be. 
A little bit. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm not that shocked that people from the Ukraine like songs from Russia. Yeah, you know what I exactly. mean. Like when they give it, like, of course, because that's the type of music they like. So I don't think it's. I think it's that's. I think that is actually slightly overplayed a little bit. Personally, mm, I'm not sure it is. But anyway, that's not like what, that's Portugal not what and Spain giving each other like top. Yeah. Anyway, Bill Bailey says he's thrown his hat into the ring to create the UK's next Eurovision entry. Um, he told fellow comic Tom Allen. Do you know what? I was writing a Eurovision song today, this very day, because I just thought, why not? Come on. We've not been doing very well lately. It couldn't have gone worse. We need to inject a bit of fun, I think. And I think that is... He also went on to say, uh, we should focus on the performance, the visuals of it, make it into a huge celebration of Britishness with some great hooks, maybe some guitar, maybe some cowbells. There has to be a bit more drama, a bit more theatre, because that's what this is about. Eurovision is a huge celebration. Some of it is totally bonkers. And... Bill Bailey is the sort of person that would understand. I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, you talk about the the great British sense of humour and that is not evident at all ever on any of the bloody crap songs that we send over there. No. So getting someone like Bill Bailey to do something which is kind of quintessentially odd, oddly British, mm. I think would, would make, probably make much more sense. Yeah. And it would make... It might make Europe, you know, the rest of Europe thaw out to us a little bit rather than going, here's some well, here's some nicely dressed twat. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sure the guy's yeah. not a twat, but he's just like, you just look like, you know, you just look like a twat, mate. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You just look, just look like a kind of weather spoons. Well, it's like, it's kind of like having no personality, isn't it? No personality, no charisma, you know. Um, I mean, just, just the fact that Bill Bailey's name is attached to this automatically makes it better because bill yep. bailey's great um and like he also fully understands music and composition and knows what he's talking about with this sort of thing and he can bring the comedy vibes to it as well i think it'd be great the only person i can think of who i personally think would maybe be better to do it is tim minchin i think tim minchin would do a really good job at a british yeah. one although he's, he's not technically british i suppose um, well, neither neither was gina g there you go. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess that doesn't matter. Oh, God. Ooh, ah, just a little bit. Ooh, ah, just a little bit. Oh, fucking hell. Um, Great song, right? Uh, <laughs> was it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's catchy, but it doesn't mean it's great, is what I would say. Um, there was a really interesting... I was listening to the BBC's More or Less podcast, which is a podcast on statistics, which just says what a boring old fucking fart I yeah. am. Um, but interestingly... They said that um, songs in a minor key, statistically and uh, historically, are more likely to win than songs in a major key. And oh, apparently... That's surprising. Yeah, it is surprising. And it's kind of interesting. And um, But uh, see, see, this podcast is very interesting. Thank you very much, Steve. Hey, I'm not uh, saying it wasn't. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> and um, I, I mean, I appreciate it. it doesn't sound very interesting the way that I that I described it, but it is it is very good. The only thing that I'm a little bit worried about about what Bill Bailey's saying is we need to bring the fun back into it. And I'm like, oh, does that mean it would be a major key song? Obviously, you know, saying it would be a major key song, that doesn't mean that it wouldn't win, but it is historically and statistically less likely. And apparently... Or I can't confirm. I can't one hundred percent confirm this, but apparently, the like the last five, six years or something like that of UK entries have all been major key songs. Interesting. There we go. 
and crap as well. And, and crap and boring. I don't yeah. know. I can't remember any of the them. La- the last, the last decent UK song was um, Katrina and the Waves, which was the last time we won, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Was that a good song? I can't remember. G- I mean, G's better than that. Oh, for goodness sake, Steve. This is another it day, is. another day. <laughs> no, it isn't. Everyone would. I can't remember that that song, the Katrina and the Waves it, one. It, was that Love Will Shine a Light? Is that no, what, that's what, Comic what? Relief. That's um, no, I love don't think will build a yeah, love bridge. will build a bridge. That's yeah, comic that's relief. A that's comic. Well, love will build no, a bridge was... is a crap song. Yeah, but that, but no, that was no, that, that was... was Katrina and the Waves. That was a Eurovision. No, it Katrina was it was. Sh- oh, oh God, I can't believe we're having an argument about this. It no, was no, no, Cher. No, 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 I'm gonna look. Cher, um, what's her fate? Chrissy Hind and some other bird. Some other bird. Oh God, I shouldn't have said that. You know, love I mean. shine a light. That's love shine a light. Oh, well, that's the Eurovision winning. That won the thing, yeah. Oh, well, I, you were I singing. Right. You were singing. Love will build a bridge. Love oh well, I'm singing. Love will do something, and I didn't know. <laughs> what is that? The song? You don't know if you're shining a light or building a bridge. You. No, I don't. That's your I problem. don't. But I remember the melody of that song, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was. Pretty sure that. Why are we was. talking about like? I don't know. I don't know. And I, look, <laughs> we're not experts. Look, look. The fact that we can't remember it, and yet. I can go, ooh, ah, uh, just a little, little bit, bit, ooh, ah, uh, a little bit more. A little bit more. I, look, it's hey, it's clear, a, clear and obvious that that is better. It's a catchy song. It's a, like, it's a great song. ooh, ah, uh, just a little bit is clearly. You're my love, you're my everything. Don't fly away. Oh, Don't wow. Fly away. Great. You remember great the song. verses as well? Cause I remember I the know. verses. Now that, that makes it a good song. <laughs> See you later. Anyway, Bill Bailey writing a Eurovision song. Mad get. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. Oh, do you know who's just texted me? Adam Reese. Ah, what a legend. Yeah, he sent me a video, probably doing an impersonation of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I imagine so. Hello, Adam. I'll listen to that after we've done this, Adam. Um, (laughs) If if you still listen to this, hope you do. Anyway, let's do some reviews. Adam Reese writes for Metal Hammer, by the way. Those of you, that's just a personal thing. Fantastic. Hope you hope you hope you liked a little insight into my personal life. (laughs) Would you like to divulge any? information from your personal life uh has anyone been texting me uh oh joe nally from uh Earn texted me just before the show started did he ah oh, that's nice joe text me and i haven't replied to him a while ago something Awful. about temptations Awful. thank you joe i know i'm, I'm getting quite bad at replying to people <laughs> anyway uh <laughs> too busy doing this aren't i all the time i mean it is a weekly on. show mate and you did you did sign up for it <laughs> i don't know but we're now doing about we are doing six a lot, podcasts yeah. a week, we are aren't we? We are doing a lot, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, let's, so let's get on and get this one done so we can get on with the other ones. AFI Bodies is where we're going to be starting our reviews this week. This is the 11th studio album from the hardcore punks turned, goth punks turned, emo punks turned, electro punks. <laughs> the follow-up to 2017's self-titled album, otherwise known as The Blood Album. Now, Blood album. I love... AFI in general, as a rule, I love them. I think that run of Black Cells and Sunset, Art of Drowning, Sing the Sorrow is one of the great three album runs in the history of rock music. They have had the odd misstep on the way since then. I mean, fuck Crash Love, rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Blood album was a bit of a shock to me and that it featured a bunch of songs that I truly love. And I still regularly listen to that record now. I was actually listening to it yesterday. I think it's really good. I like that record a lot. I maybe listen to that album as much as I listen to anything from their kind of quote-unquote glory period. Snow Cats, Hidden Knives, Above the Bridge, Hidden Offerings, 
all amazing. All amazing songs that I think stand up to anything alongside what they've done in the past. And, you know, like I say, um, I wondered if they would get back to ever making an album that I love that much. Because, so you know, I was super excited about this record because, you know, I, I, I did genuinely love the Blood album and I was assuming that they wouldn't ever do that again. Because, like I said, that three album run was so great. You know, December Underground might have been a massive commercial smash. It was, more right it, stuff it was it. hit and miss December Underground. When it's, when it's hit and miss. when that album's good, it's fucking fantastic. But there's yeah. a lot of filler on it as well. I mean, is Miss Murder actually that good? I, I, I like it. I think I think it is one of the highlights on that record. But I do, but I do think mm. uh, as an album as a whole, it's very it, it, it's so hit and miss that it basically yeah. it makes the overall a three out of five kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I actually think Miss Murder is. Uh, like it's all right it's all right it's catchy it's right. isn't it it's like it is, it's, it's it like catchy. who are just a little bit who are just a little bit more yeah i suppose it is a bit yeah um <laughs> i mean it's it's, it's better it, it wishes it was that good no. <laughs> that's a poll that's a poll <laughs> yeah. that is a poll <laughs> miss murder or gina g that is a poll <laughs> i do think i probably do prefer miss murder to who are just a little bit to be honest but you know they're both kind of good enough songs yeah. crash love is wank i think crash love is the one afi album where i'm like well from the early afi stuff it's you know very proud of you and stuff it's not actually that good. no you, you, that is something that is not talked about is it answer to that and stay no. fashionable and very proud of you I, I, i'd even say shut up shut your mouth and open your eyes not yeah, so not, not great not great records not very good. no not great records no at all. No, no sorry but they're just not no they're not no they're actually not. Uh, but Crash Love is wank. Everything Go else on. you said about AFI, I completely and utterly agree with. Mm -hmm. um, and I think something that's important to point out, I think the reason why they have um, uh, continued to have a really good career and continue to have a very high quality of output most of the time, it is up and down, but most of the time, very good, is because they've done this thing of uh, maturing gracefully, as we have talked about in the yeah. past, like Deftones have done, um, mm -hmm. in that they've um, they've retained certain elements of their sound, uh, not the punk. Don't know. This is not going back to their punk, like musical punk roots. Like then, that's that's gone. But they've kind of replaced it with this. Um, certainly on this record, I think on the last one as well a little bit, but this sort of synth wavy type thing. I think it's interesting to note that um, Black Audio is a, a side project of Davey Havoc and Jay, Jay Puget's the uh, vocalist and guitarist in AFI. Mm -hmm. And it feels like a lot of the elements from that, which is very much a pop synth wave project, have kind of found their way, wormed their way into AFI's latter day stuff. And mm. it feels like that's the foundation now rather than punk. But that actually works really well because I don't know about you, Steve, um, but I don't want to hear AFI in 2021 trying to redo The Art of Drowning. I have The Art of Drowning. I fucking mm -hmm. love it, but I don't want mm -hmm. them. I don't want to hear them try to recreate that. But what they are doing now on the Blood album, you may not agree, but I think Burials is is fucking great as well. well I, I was about to mention Burials. I think Burials runs out of steam. Okay, a little bit. 
but I love the sound of burials. Mm. Like you know, mm. I you know, I, I hope you suffer. Is mm. that's one of the best mm. AFI songs. Like that opening mm. one two on burials, I think is yeah. exceptional. Yeah, and I think there are some really good songs. And then I think it does start to run out of steam a little bit. I mean, okay. burials was the own the only other album that we hadn't mentioned. I, I kind of I, thoughts on. Yeah, I, I I love it personally. Uh, burials, is, okay. burials is probably mm. my favourite latter day AFI album. If I'm totally honest. Oh, okay. Mm. Wow. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, but think I really from like the blood from, from well. December Underground. Yeah, from because December Underground, I was the first time I'd heard AFI, and I was and I wasn't like mad about it. I, I was agree like, yeah, this is pretty good. And then yeah. Crash Crash Love, I was like, oh god. And then mm. Burials, I was like, yeah, this is much better. Mm. This is definitely much better. And I liked the kind of the the almost kind of nine inch nailsy industrial bits that were going on on that. Yeah. And but I still was like, will they ever make an album that I really love? And then the Blood album came along, and I was like, wow, fuck, I really, really love this record. So that brings us to Bodies, I guess. Hmm. Um, now we've contextualized AFI's entire career. When the opening track Twisted Tongues came in, I have to say, I was delighted. Yes, same. that they as a band seemed to still be mining that creative pool that made the Blood album so good. Really, really great opening song. Lots of icy, icy synths and gothic splendor with an yeah. absolutely mammoth chorus. I think Davey oh. Havoc is doing some great work mm. with his melodies on this record. It feels very much like latter AFI, but still mm. with shades here and there of that gothic aesthetic and stuff. Twisted Tongues is a great opener. Brilliant, brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Massive bass, loads of Blade Runner-y synth. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like you said, soaring Davy Havoc vocal hook. Mm. Davy Havoc, for me, like absolutely one of the great, I, I think, great lyricists and great, um, great frontmen and great characters of modern punk rock. Yeah. Well, rock, rock, just in general. Yeah. I think Davy Havoc is fucking awesome. He's fantastic. Like, He's got a, such a kind of. Yes, he's taken on that sort of um, uh, goth rock thing, but he has made it his own as well. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think at this point he should be considered as iconic as the 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 like like Susie Susie from Susie and the Banshees or something like that. You know, like I think it's I think he is uh, he's phenomenal. Like he's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant frontman. Yeah, really, really great. And, um, you know, it kind of, th that, although Far Too Near is a bit shorter, but I think it kind of continues the general trend mm -hmm. uh, of what they're doing. Yep. It's when they get to um, Dulceria. Oh, mate. Where I was like, fuck me, this is awesome. Ah. Like, that is proper 80s rolled up sleeves, electro pink jacket, Miami Vice pop. Mm -hmm. Like yep. a throbbing killer pop song you have gone ah <laughs> dulceria is my least favorite song on the album really uh, interesting i'm not that surprised by that yeah to be honest, because it's certainly got i mean it's barely got anything to do with rock music let alone punk i i, I don't i don't hate dulceria um i just found it very pedestrian to be honest hmm. um weirdly it reminded me of the last smashing pumpkins album although it's not so weird because do you know what steve it has a co-writing credit from one william patrick corgan that song i didn't know mm. that mm. um i love you i love you billy but leave afi alone please in my opinion obviously you disagree <laughs> with that i don't think um i don't think 
so I th- Dulceria is my least favorite song on this record. This is going to be mm-hmm. a bit of a spoiler for the album as a whole, but I don't even I don't think it's a dreadful song. I just don't think it really it's the longest song on the album actually. And that's yeah. another thing we should say. This is a very trim album. There's not an awful mm-hmm. lot of fat on it at all. It's uh, 11 tracks in like 36 minutes. Um yeah, perfect. And I think that is very much a positive. Like it 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 works so well and 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 I do actually feel like when it ends I'm kind of like I kind of just want to listen to it again, you know. Um but Dulceria for for my money as I say, just just a little bit pedestrian for my taste. And in that, in a space of almost five minutes, it doesn't really feel like it goes anywhere, which is what I would say I, of most of CYR as well. Um, but but yeah. Well, I, I, the difference to me is um, the well, there are a couple of things. I can sort of see that that comparison with the pumpkins. But whereas the pumpkins just suddenly went jumped in like bombing in a swimming pool and at the deep end this feels like a more natural progression yes to me yeah for the natural progression it feels like afi i'm not saying that the pumpkins i know billy corgan would have grown up listening to a bunch of the stuff that both that record and this record are influenced definitely yeah but certainly afi have taken the slow route like dipping their toe in here and there getting more and more and then getting into deeper waters as they go absolutely which means i think they feel much more comfortable doing that yeah and this is probably i would say as poppy as afi've ever sounded yeah yeah i i think you're i think you're probably right and maybe that's why you prefer it to me I, i i like it's not a track i would skip or anything like that it's just for me it's the weakest moment but i totally get where you're coming from and you know if if you are a fan of that 80s pop sound blah 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 we're going to be talking about 80s pop a lot this episode um yeah. then um I, I totally see why you would like it um it's just i i you know i i think it is a totally fine song i just don't love it yeah. if i'm totally honest there, there is actually a bit of punk rock in this album as well yes a little bit you know Hints. like there's that thing that thing you said of like they've not betrayed their roots completely even though they've evolved into something else yep. escape for los angeles which mm. i think is a, again is a is one of the highlights on the record definitely yep. but that has got a bit of kind of the most although i just said it's the most poppy afi have sounded that is kind of the most punk i've heard afi like proper punk rock that i've heard afi sound for some time um huge it's, got, it's kind huge. of like a sort of pop punk version of suicide it's like Fallout Boy mixed oh. with Suicide, kind of electro Fallout Boy covering Suicide. Yeah, I can see It's that. a really weird mix of stuff. I, I assumed that the title was a reference to the John Carpenter film, um, and mm. it almost feels like that it was a demo title. I'm not saying this as a, as a negative necessarily, but it's like, oh, we'll call that the Escape from Los Angeles song because this is us doing our John Carpenter moment. Um, mm. and, and it does have that really like synth 80s vibe to it but it's just great it's just really like it works I, i'm 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 totally on board with with afi um bringing these synth elements even more to the fore on this album i think it really really works as you just said without betraying their 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 roots as a band i mean there are you know there are obviously people who disagree but there, there's some people who listen to afi but they only ever listen to black sales art of drowning sing the sorrow and mm. you know look that is their best period but i do think it's a real shame that people that people are close-minded enough to not listen to this stuff because this is still really good you know and escape from escape from los angeles is a really good example of that it's one of the one of the Mm -hmm. best examples on the record actually 
Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously like it when they do the 80s thing. Like Back From back from the Flesh is <coughs> a proper like Black Celebration era Depeche Mode ripoff thing, which <laughs> is a really good fit for modern AFI. Like, I think it's a really, like like you say, it's a, it's a fantastic song. Yeah, and it's a re- just th- that sound is a really, really good fit yeah. for, for what AFI are doing at this stage in their career. Yeah. One of the songs that I was going to talk to you about, Renfrey, which I was actually like, this is sort of ironic, it really, is there's a song called Back From The Flesh. And I really, I'm sorry, no, I've just talked about that. Sorry, Looking Tragic, sorry. Looking Tragic is a proper kind of sleaze rock number that I think feels a bit like the sort of thing someone like Suede would have written in 1994. That's interesting, yeah. I like it, hmm. but haven't Creeper just done this? <laughs> uh, AFI now ripping off Creeper. <laughs> that did not occur to me at all, I must say. Um, but yeah, I think that's not a terrible shout. I mean, who knows? I have no idea if AFI are aware of Creeper or not. Um, but you know, I mean, at the same time, it could just be like, they are draw. both of those bands are drawing from a similar ish pool of references. I mean, not, yeah. not entirely. I don't hear much meatloaf in AFI, but you know, they are, you know, so it's not entirely surprising that that might happen, but yeah, you no, can no, argue that. No, yeah. I, I just thought it was funny because I was like, it's weird that nobody seemed to be doing that, like recalling, those kind of bands like when we reviewed the creeper album we were talking about suede yeah and pulp yeah. and elastica and stuff like that and i was like oh you know no one's really in in particularly in rock music particularly in gothic rock music are doing that and then that song i was like hmm it feels like it could have been lifted from that last creeper album and i'm sure it is you know i i you know i, I very much doubt that they've heard the creeper album and gone well They've been ripping us off, so let's rip them off. No, Do you know yeah, what I mean? I, doubt I, I, I very much, I very much doubt that that is the case. But I just thought it was like, oh, that's pretty funny that, you know, for all the kind of uh, protestations of Creeper being a kind of AFI ripoff band or just a kind of baby version of AFI or mm. whatever, mm. they've released a full album of stuff, and then AFI have done a version of the last Creeper album yeah. on their new album. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of funny, yeah. and a little bit ironic, and it also shows up that you know, like. Not that this is about Creeper, but it just go, it does go. I think it shows the differences between the two bands because there's nothing else on this record where I was like, "Oh, Creeper." No, true, true. Nothing Whereas else. that song, I was like, "Oh, well, yeah, Creeper." Mm, mm. Yeah, no, it's mm. interesting. I think those kind of baby AFI um, references. I I have used that in the past. I will confess. I think these days, especially with the release of that second album, those kind of ba- baby AFI references are sort of null and void, really. Um, mm-hmm. But you know i mean the, the very first time i saw creeper um i walked into the garage i was just show you were at it was um creeper uh, gallows yeah gallows and baby godzilla and um i was like hmm, these guys sound like afi and then they went into an afi cover i was like jesus christ guys <laughs> like you know you can't you can't do that <laughs> but they did and they've done very well they, so. they, they've, they've come a long way they've come a long say. way yeah 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 mm. Um, back to AFI themselves. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I think, I mean, there's, uh, yeah, there's some interesting stuff on this record, like Death of the Party, which is a kind of robot rock two and a half minute long banger, which I think, I think they don't quite pull that off, to be perfectly honest. I think oh, it's, really? yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good, I, I like the sound, I think it's a good idea, but I'm not sure the song is quite fully 
realized personally. oh I, I like death of the party it remind it has that really cool chorus effect on the guitars um which mm. if i have used before but um for me it kind of recalled joy division but less dour it was like a happier joy division and i'm on board yeah. with that i quite liked it i thought it was good yeah fair enough um i really like tied to a tree mm, um great the way they end the record which mm. is like some kind of dark as fuck nine inch nails style thing yeah that they're doing there it's it's really really good um but the, but the chorus is really like it begins with just like a haunting sort of solo piano and davy's uh vocal but then the chorus is really um almost elegiac it is dark but it is like quite it's quite spectacular it's a really good end mm. tied to a tree yeah it's uh it's a really good record and i think like you say there are 11 songs on this record in what just over half an hour it's about 36 minutes yeah yeah it's about 36 minutes and um and i would say for the most part this is pretty great you know i think there's a couple of songs on it that i'm not as keen on mm. i mean yeah death of party is fine i think begging for trouble is kind of all right i don't think it's like spectacular oh i like begging for trouble i think it's a great song really i love the frenetic okay. strings on it i think yeah no i, li I like it yeah, I, I mean, again, they get they're going quite they go quite punk on that, don't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a bit more of a sort of punky thing. Yeah, um, which, yeah, I'm probably much more interested in the sort of throbbing synth at this point than the the punky stuff, to be honest. But I think there's enough of both of those things to mean that this is another AFI album, which is very good. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I like it as much as I like the Blood album. Um, at this point. Um, I don't like it as much as I like the Blood album, but uh, give it a couple of months and I might. I'm not quite yeah. sure yet. I think my my feeling is it's probably just a shade, a tiny shade below uh, in quality from the Blood album. But we're talking the merest fractions, to be honest. Um, and I do think the more I listen, I, I will definitely, definitely, definitely be going back to it. It's one of the, it is definitely one of the better latter day AFI albums of, of that. I have no doubt at all. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's really good to see. It's really, it's so good when a band do that growing old gracefully thing, you know, and I think yeah. they have absolutely done that and they've not thrown the baby out with the bathwater. They're still insanely identifiably afi but they haven't betrayed where they came from at all and that's that's a, a great thing for a band to be able to do 30 years into their career like i think yeah. i think this is i think they formed 91 didn't they AFI? um i don't <coughs> know what year they formed for a fact they actually formed yes 1991 there we go 30 years into their career 11 albums in like this is this is great this is so much better than it has any right to be and that's that's fantastic and i think fair play to afi i mean i think if i were ranking it it would probably be like smack bang in the middle of all of their records but you know the 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 the, the top three are like all classics basically so you know like it's 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 a very very good latter-day afi record and it's well worth your time and if you haven't checked out this period of afi and you only listen to art of drowning or sing the sorrow or whatever or black sails um do so because yeah mm. it's different but it's 
but it's still like really good. Like it's still really good. And you know, I don't, I don't think, I think there are very few AFI fans who are going to prefer bodies to the art of drowning, but that doesn't mean that it's not worth listening to. And it doesn't mean that they're not still doing really, really, really good stuff. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think this is um, more evidence that AFI are a genuinely great, great band. Agreed. I wish they'd come over and do... I mean, obviously, they can't do any shows, but I know they were going to be headlining 2000 Trees, weren't they? They were meant to be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and... I don't obviously I'm not sure if they're going to be coming back but you know would love to get them love to see them do a fucking headline show over here because it's been you know they did those support slots with Deftones where no one seemed to give a fuck I saw them at download going on just before Day to Remember and it was one of the smallest main stage crowds I've seen but kind of anyone Mm. ever to be honest let alone like third from the top it was pretty mental that they had so few people watching them I don't think they've done a headline London show since uh, I've just looked it up on Setlist FM. Sing the sorry? Uh, no, Crash Love. They did Brixton Academy oh, on okay. April 6th, 2010. So it's been 11 years, lads. Come over and do a yeah. headline show. For fuck's sake. What, when, when the pandemic's over. When the pandemic, yeah. Right not now, not, 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 not this second. Not right now. <laughs> but do do it. Yeah, do definitely do it. Please come over. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you. That would be nice. All right, cool. Um, there you go. AFI's Bodies is out now and it's very good. Let's move on to an album that came out last week but is a pretty fucking big deal, I think, Renfrey. Wolf Alice, Blue Weekend, the third studio album from the British alternative rock band, the follow-up to their Mercury Prize-winning Visions of a Life album from 2017. An album which I have to confess... I have never heard. I probably should have heard oh. that album, right? I was going to ask but, you um, your feelings on Wolf Alice up to this point. I don't know. I mean, I just sort of got a bit turned up. When I, I don't know what it was, but around the time this was released, mainly because when stuff like Royal Blood and Band of Skulls, who were meant to be the saviors of rock, and to my ears, they really weren't. When no. Wolf Alice was, the same people were saying, Wolf Alice the saviors of rock. Uh, I was like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. So I'm a little bit out of the loop when it comes to this band, to be honest, which is fine, Hmm. I think. You know, that's not everyone gets to listen to everything all the time. I probably should have had a little listen to them, but I haven't. I mean, this has been getting mad good reviews, this record. It's been doing mad good. Very, very, very well critically indeed, it must be said. It currently has a score of 96 on Metacritic based on 15 reviews and is currently the most critically lauded album of the year, according to Metacritic. Uh, Six of those 15 reviews, The Telegraph, The Independent, The Guardian, DIY Magazine, Enemy and MusicOMH.com gave it a perfect score. Uh, it will almost certainly be a number one album in a couple of days after this podcast goes out and because uh, in the UK charts it's currently outselling the rest of the top five combined so I think we can safely say they have a number one album on their hands Uh, yeah Um, the the, the hype around this band at the moment is absolutely uh, astonishing they are the band of the moment I would say Mm. is that justified do you think? Um, I Based on this record, I absolutely think it's justified with one or two minor caveats. This is usually the part where we tear in and say that all the mainstream publications have got it wrong and they don't know anything about music and they're simpering idiots and so on and so forth. Um, 
I'm not going to say that when it comes to this record. I do know, however, that we do have slightly differing views on this album. <laughs> so, mm. so how are we going to do this? Shall I go in? How, shall I go in and and talk about why I adore this record? And I fucking adore this record, Steve. Yep. Okay. And then you can go. This is why I think you're wrong. Should we do it that way? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Cool. Okay. Um, so the album begins with the beach and Ellie Ro- Rosell quoting the opening lines of Macbeth. Um, except rather than three witches meeting on a heath, she subverts it and it's like to mean three friends meeting out on yeah, another night out who should you know probably know better at this point. And the album as a whole follows the story. It's lo- it loosely, I don't think you could call it a concept album, but it is loosely the story of a breakup. Um, and it certainly comes back to that sort of, how do you get over a breakup? So, so I think the beach is basically starting out kind of going, I'm going out on the town with my friends again to sort of get over this thing. And the song rides along on a very quiet palm muted guitar before exploding into a gorgeous wall of sound towards the song's conclusion. There's an awful lot of, it's interesting that you were saying that like Wolf Alice, people have been saying Wolf Alice are the saviors of rock. I guess they are an alternative rock band, but like most of where this record sits is the, in terms of a sonic template, it is very much the the um, quieter end of rock, the majority of it. And actually I would say the majority of the most successful parts of the record are at the, the sort of quieter end of the rock spectrum. Um, I think it would be almost... I kind of consider and sort of have always considered Wolf Alice more of a sort of dream indie pop band than a rock band, um, personally. And I think that is certainly that dream indie pop thing is where their strengths lie, I would say. Um, And when they go into those dream pop elements, such as on Delicious Things or Lipstick on the Glass or how can I make it okay? Which for me is the best song that Kate Bush never wrote. Um, I just think they are absolutely sublime. Can I just say that that song is, it has been written in uh, six months ago. That song is a pair of questions by Greg Picciato. It's, it's literally exactly the same. If you listen to those songs back to back, it's ex- like musically, if you take the vocals, if you t- take the vocals off and just isolate the music, literally exactly the same that's interesting i've I, i've i mean yeah. i've i've not noticed that and i've not done that i think how can i make it okay not that i'm saying they've ripped off greg i'm sure they've never heard the greg pachato was, album i'm yeah. sure and i'm sure this song was written before but yeah i was like oh my god this is literally exactly the same it's a great in, song in though isn't it every way i i think greg does it better okay personally. okay okay i mean hey i'm not gonna throw shade but on yes. greg i think yeah. greg's yeah. fucking yeah. incredible but you know i i I love that song. I love that song so much. And and Lipstick on the Glass as well, I just think is an absolute, like, brilliant, brilliant song. Uh, Feeling Myself has this big sort of Porter's Head vibe with an almost industrial-esque uh, chorus. It's a very sexy song, um, which I kind of got before I found out what it's about. But um, then I found out what it's actually about. And the song title is used to both refer to the narrator feeling more like oneself after a breakup, but also to express that masturbation feels better than their former lover. Uh, we've all been there. Um... <laughs> no, one I, no one I've been there, man. 
Um, generally, generally, I absolutely love this record. And I looked on my um, Apple Music uh, play count earlier today and we've had it. We didn't get set the promo last week, so we've had it as long as everyone else has. Basically six days as we record this. I've listened to it 18 times in six days. I fucking Fuck it love it. I, I, I think no. it's absolutely brilliant. Um, there are niggles, um, but I'm wondering whether to let you take over at this point. And I'm sure you will bring up some of those niggles yeah. and then I will I will cut in if I say I agree or not. That's probably the best okay. way to, to do it, I think. Yeah. Um, everything on paper about this record should be something that I really like. Mm. Everything on paper feels like this is a good record. I was quite I mean, surprised what, what, when you said you you weren't feeling it. I will be honest. So yeah, and and I was I was it was kind of irking me because I was like, I I'm just not feeling this, and I don't really know why I'm not feeling this. And there is stuff on it like I mean I agree, you know, lipstick on the glass mm. is brilliant. I yeah, mean that's the first time incredible. when they got me, and I thought oh that is a great song. It's got a bit of distinction. Um, a disintegration era, the cure mm. about it, which I really, really love, obviously. Oh, yeah. um, something like Smile, which is where they, there's a bit where they go a bit heavier. It's kind of right girl gone electro Brit pop. There's a sort of muse baseline and solo freak out thing going on. Um, you can find me at the bar. All the souls congregate at the bar. It's not a great lyric. There are a few times lyrically where I think this record um, is a bit like, you know, say what you see kind of thing. Um, I also, but then... I was listening to it yesterday and it kind of hit me what it is about this that that is just making me, from afar, I look at it and go, this is a good album. Mm. But when I get up close to it, I mean, I think what you've said about this album being sort of broadly a concept album about a breakup, I don't think that's a particularly interesting or engaging thing to write a record about, to be honest. I don't think that's... and, and I wouldn't and, say I wouldn't say it's original, but I, I mean, no. I think it's... I think it's in like I mean, uh, tons of records have been written about breakups. Fuck me. Of course they have. Yeah, but, tons of records have been written about breakups, and it feels and it. But I, know, I think I think it, tons not, of records have been written about breakups because it's engaging. I don't. I don't like. It's not original in any way, shape, no, or no, form. No, no. Yeah, but, it, but it's got to be engaging for it to be engaging. I think it's the thing that I'm that, that I'm sort of positing. It feels. I mean, we all had that person at school that was really good looking. Was really good at sport was really clever, was in the top set, everything. Everything just came really, really natural to them. And I feel like Wolf Alice are really good musicians. Yeah. Are really good. She's a great vocalist. Yeah. They've got great ideas. The production's really good. Um, but it just feels like it comes so fucking easy to them that as a result, I feel some. I feel a total disconnect from any proper emotion from it. But isn't that a good thing? I mean, I mean, when 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 I oh. see someone up on stage and it and it seems effortless, um, that's usually yeah, the best stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it is. But there's a difference between it being effortless and there. There's a difference between it being effortless because it's uh, an uncaring. Um, you know, like you, you just do what naturally kind of comes out. But for me, you know, it's like this album, it's a bit of, it's like, well, there's a bit of churches here, Splash of the Cure there, Tad of the Breeders there, a little bit of garbage, a little bit of Muse, a little bit of yeah, yeah, yeah's, a bit of London grammar. And it all feels, I don't know. I listened to it and I was like, 
this feels kind of easy for them, but it feels like... I don't want to say it's been cynically put together, because I don't think it's been cynically put together. But at the same time, it just feels like... I didn't really feel anything. There's a couple of songs on it where I was like, this is a really, really good song. But it's not like... I mean, I've broken down four times to this album. Have you really? Yeah. I think it's really. I think it's one of the most emotional records I've heard this year. I think it's like I, the only album that outstrips it for me in an emotional way is Lana Del Rey. I think this I, album I, is absolutely, absolutely. I, I mean, how can I make it okay? Has has made me the sentiment of that song is just so beautiful. And I think her lyrics there are actually great. Urgency takes hold, but to live in fear isn't to live at all. So how can I make it okay? I just want you to be happy. The the like the sentiment along with the music is just is just beautiful, and it just makes me cry. I think it's I think it's. I I, I cried on the bus listening to that song the other day. It's quite embarrassing. Did you? Yeah, it was quite embarrassing. But, so emo. Yeah, um, well, but it's, it, but it's it's worked for me. I, it obviously hasn't worked for you, which which sucks. Right. But but it's it, absolutely worked for me. Well, yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, I just, you know, I think, I I I was you know I was a, I was gonna make the sort of comparison which we make a lot with Ammo by Bring Me the Horizon because oh. it jumps about quite a bit at the start. I mean, when you get, I found the kind of smile into safe from heartbreak if i never fall in love which i don't really you know again i didn't really get anything from that it felt like a kind of i love that song taylor swift by numbers kind of thing i think you've got play the greatest hits which is like a not as good version of that's not my name by the ting tings play um, the greatest hits is one of my niggles yeah i was gonna say i think that will be a song that most people either kind of go ah it's just a bit of fun or totally fucking despise because it feels quite out of place on the record i i I think um ellie rosell's it's not the first time she's done it the 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 first couple of albums both have sort of that kind of um more punky feel to them occasionally as well and i just think i don't think i would never go as far as to say she can't do that but i just don't think she settles into that more punky kind of shouty thing as well as she does into the more dream pop thing i just think she's mm. so much better at the silky smooth dream pop thing than she is the shouty punky thing i i once it once it gets into the chorus for that song i'm totally fine and on board with it but the but the the verses of that song are a bit of a niggle for me and i'm not entirely sure about it yeah yeah i agree with that yeah. yeah um there's a song called Last Man. I mean, there are bits on this record that I'm like, well, that's clearly very good. Last Man on Earth, mm. I think, is proper Sunday brunch core. Like, it's the kind of shit <laughs> that they play on Sunday brunch. But then there's a bit where it goes into this very clear Beatles rip Yes, yes, yes. Which is, is, and you go, oh, that bit's fucking great, yeah. you know? And No Hard Feelings, um, like, that was one of the sort of minimalist bits, which is just bass and vocals, yeah. isolated vocals with a really interesting bass line very quiet and and minimalist throughout and i really like that and the beach is a is a the beach too is a really great way yeah, to end the album yeah. and i think when the album settles and slows down on its second half i feel much more kind of comfortable in its um even though i think there are good songs in the first bit but i just think like i find the sort of 
the first half of this record a little bit off-putting because it seems to jump around quite a lot. I don't really find it particularly engaging. I feel like there's just a massive level of disconnect between me and them. And there's something about it. There's something about this record which just feels like, particularly in the first half to me, which just feels a little bit too calculated. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Um, I, I, I mean, I can't say I got any of that at all. It just hit me straight away. And the first time I listened to it, <clears throat> I thought it was something pretty special. The first time I listened to it, immediately I knew it was Wolf Alice's best album. Um, and I think it is, undoubtedly. Um, and, you know, it, it, it has it been overhyped? Well, I don't think it's perfect. And there are, quite, there are a fair few reviews. Uh, I don't know if there's any reviews that are saying it's perfect. There's a fair few reviews who have given it a perfect score. That doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. mean they're saying it's perfect, but, you know. Um, it should mean that, really, but, you know. In theory, yeah. Well, yeah. Mm. That's, that's, that's niggles with reviews, though, rather than... Rather than yeah, the yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly, I mean, you know, a score of 96, best album of the year. Like, it's certainly, it's it's incredibly high praise. And, and I don't mm. think the album is perfect at all. Mm. Um, so has it been, has I mean, it been overhyped? Maybe, a, maybe a touch, but I still think it's fucking great. Well, when I think of like last year's version of what this was, it would probably be Fetch the Bolt Cards by Fiona Exactly, Apple. yeah. And to me, I mean, there is a gaping chasm between Fetch the Bolt Cutters and this. Uh, I agree, but not in the direction that you would like. Well, I, I like, I think there's so much kind of, you know, Fetch the Bolt Cutters is a visceral, raw sounding, really, you know, like a really effective. And I think that's the difference is I don't get, there's nothing, even though it's about heartbreak and da, 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 there's a kind of a lack of a sort of visceral. It all feels a little bit, it feels a little bit kind of calm and like I say, processed and a bit. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, you know, you can make great, you know, cr so the craft work. We were talking about how inhuman craft work were and that's what's sort of appealing about them. But I felt with this, I was like, you're not kind of scratching any of my emotional itches here i'm looking at this record almost like i'd look at a 1975 record and go oh i can see why people think you're very good musicians because this is incredibly well put together but it just feels a little bit like it at arm's length i was like you're you're keeping me at arm's length pretty much throughout the entirety of this record so it's not that i don't think this record is bad mm. uh, sorry it's not that i don't think this record is bad or is badly put together or is not well played I just don't, it doesn't make me feel anything at all. Wow. And that's a bit of a problem. Well, uh, it, it is very much a problem. Um, like it's, it, my, it, it's, it's, it's my problem, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I think, I think it is because I do. And, and that's, that's, I mean, this is where subjectivity is very much coming into it because it absolutely has made me feel something. And that is, you can't, you know, that is a fact and it hasn't made you any feel anything and that is also a fact so um that's the subjective part of it i'm glad that you can kind of agree that objectively there is some really good stuff on this record because i think objectively there absolutely is some really good oh, stuff yeah they're very record. good at writing all the different types of things that they try and write yeah 
That's what I mean. It just feels like everything comes so easy to them that they, and it's not that kind of like, oh, just, you know, this, this, this music has flow is sort of flowed out there's a difference between somebody expressing themselves and the music kind of flowing out of them and somebody being going i know how to i I can very comfortably easily piece together a pop song which will work and i feel it's a bit more like that that's kind of i don't know why necessarily i feel that other than i just i don't even want to be like i don't believe her because it's not even like i don't believe her i just don't it didn't actually make me go I just went, oh, this is, that's a good baseline and that's that. And, but I didn't actually ever find myself engaged or swept away. I've said it about a few albums where you just go, I'm just happy to be in the company or in the, the world of this record. And with this, I never even felt like I got into the world of it. I just felt like I was sort of observing it from afar a little bit. You see, I, the, the whole sort of flow thing in it coming naturally and things like that, I, I kind of, um, I mean, I agree with, but I I see it as a positive rather than a negative. So I'll give a, a couple of examples. Delicious Things, for example. That's the second song on the record. And it's basically, uh, it's basically a song where um, Roselle is talking about her kind of... She, she can't believe that, you know, small town girl from the UK, she's in Los Angeles and, like, she's living this really exciting life and all this sort of thing. And... It's a song about the success and how she can't believe that she's here. And I think that's a really cool thing to write a song about and an unusual thing to write a song about. You don't hear loads of people being like, oh, my God, we we made it sort of thing. I think that works really, really well. But the third verse, she's sort of partying in L.A. and stuff. And she basically wakes up next to a guy named Adam uh, who she thinks is a bad man and like it sounds like there's Adam a... Reese. <laughs> Adam Reese, yeah. She wakes up next to Adam Reese uh, who writes... Probably what you're texting me about. Who yeah. writes for Metal Hammer uh, and, um, and you can sort of... The music and her performance but the music suggests that there's a hint of regret to that encounter because it all just sort of it, it, a lot of the a lot of the instruments just sort of go out they they leave uh and it's just sort of her and a bass line and there's still a sexy slinkiness to it but there's also a sort of like e i probably shouldn't have done that last night type thing and i think they are so in sync with with each other the band and what ellie is doing i think that is a sign of master song craftsmanship they also do it again on um uh how can i make it okay i think every single chorus to how can i make it okay is subtly different from the previous one in that it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and by the if you and you kind of don't notice it at first that they're any different at all but if you play the first chorus and then you a bit with the third chorus there's actually a massive difference and the fact that they've managed to do that but do it so subtly to a point where you don't really notice it i think is really genius the reason that i've been listening to this album so many times is because every single time i listen to it i pick up something new from it and you know obviously it hasn't had that it hasn't made that impact with you and it hasn't made that connection and and that's a shame and there's not an awful, you know, there's not an awful lot you can do about that. If, it, if a record doesn't vibe with you, it doesn't vibe with you, I guess. Um, but it absolutely has worked for me, like 100 percent. 
it's obviously worked for a lot of other people as well. It doesn't mean, you know, um, I'm the first person to say just because something's popular doesn't mean it's good. But in this case, it feels really nice to say that something that is doing really, really well and is really, really popular is really, really good because I don't feel like I say that very often. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm really, I'm really happy about that. Like genuinely. Um, mm. But yeah, I, 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 I do love this record and I know I'm going to be listening to it fucking loads. Um, it will be in my top 20. Oh, well, okay. I can't see it being in mine, to be perfectly honest, but, you know, there we go. Um, I don't even know if I'll go back to it, really. Um, I might do. I might do. Because, I mean, I've listened to it about seven times, six or seven times. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. Everyone likes it except me. <laughs> On Muggins here, moaning. I'm sure there's someone who doesn't just, like it. Uh, yeah, I'm, just, well, I'm sure there is. I mean, the, <laughs> yeah, the, sure there the, the weakest uh, review on Metacritic is from No Ripcord, which gave it 7 out of 10. Yeah. I mean, that seems about right. I, I, you know, I would, if I was reviewing this, I probably would give it 7 out of 10. I think it's a 9. Okay, well, that's fair enough. So we're not miles apart. No, no, no. I mean, if I was doing this for a magazine, I had to sort of take my own thing out of it. I would be like, look, I can see, you know, compositionally, this is really good. But it's just not. It's just, um, I don't know. I just feel like I feel a bit distant from it. If it yeah, if, anyway. it does, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. And I think that's a shame. But but mm. yeah, like I'm, I'm, I feel gutted for you because I love this record so much. I, I'm really well, I feel like, gutted for you that you don't that you don't feel that about Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Well, uh, well, I, I, mm, well, I love. Well, I, I do think that that's objectively a fantastic record. But yeah, yeah. I, I guess yeah, maybe that is quite a good comparison because I, I, uh, there are moments of that record where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm really feeling this, but I don't feel it throughout in the way that mm. you do. So yeah, yeah, maybe. And there are things about that record which do still irk me to this day right. when I listen to it, but. It's, yep. I mean, there's nothing that really kind of irks me about this record other than the fact that I'm just sort of looking at it from uh, a distance, mm, really. I mm, think that's mm, sort of the main mm. thing where I'm like, I don't know, this all just feels like you feel a bit too, I don't know, I don't, I don't want it. I think it, to, to, to say something as basic as like, oh, it's too cool wouldn't be a very good thing for me to say. But I do think there's like a touch of like, you know, this is just a little bit too easy for you. You know, this is like a little bit like it's just... Uh, I don't know. I just don't anyway. see that as a bad thing. I I kind of well, know what I, you mean. I do see it as a bad thing. Like you know that that the the people, like I say, the that person you went to school with mm. who found everything really really easy, they they weren't an interesting person. <laughs> do you know what I mean? They weren't. They they're like your your kind of your flaws, and your foible, and the 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 kind of the the rough edges of a person is kind of like what i find interesting about a person mm. i don't mm. feel like there's really any kind of i get what you're saying about the sort of the breakup and this and that but it all seems to be done in such a perfectly pristine almost kind of calculatedly you know i, f I feel like this record's almost sort of again it, like it's too harsh to say it's not like the fucking atreyu album which is like you know it was absolutely written by committee and is just you know like a cynical piece of shit i don't feel like that mm. but i do feel that like i don't know maybe i've just been listening to the shags too much this week <laughs> it is <laughs> I, I i certainly agree with you um it is not a raw record you were talking about how the fiona apple record 
from last mm. year is a raw, you know, that has some really raw moments on it and some moments where it hits you where you're Jarring, like, visceral, fuck. like yeah. hard, like gut-wrenching shit. Yeah. And I just never got that from this at any point. But I personally- it is a completely different thing, but yeah. But uh, yeah, that, I think that's the thing. I personally think you're kind of criticizing it for being something that it isn't trying to be. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't think it's trying yeah, even, to be that. But even like the, you know, I mentioned the Greg album and even mm. those kind of synthy songs or even something, you know, like I still like to bring up again, one of my fucking favorite bands, like, to, like Depeche Mode are a fucking quite a clean synthy band. And, yeah. you know, like, or Churches, when we did that Churches album, I still was like, when she said stuff, I was like, you know, when she said, um, I'll be the thorn in your side forever. Like that, that I was like, oh, mm. you know, but that's a clean sounding record. But I, I felt that there's nothing on this record that I actually go, oh yeah, I feel that. I was just like, oh yeah, I can see that you're upset or you're singing about dancing in your kitchen, like, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? But I never kind of, it never hit me. It, it, it was, it was, it felt like it was a, an experience for the brain. The kind of the analy- a lot of what, when I was listening to it, all the stuff I enjoyed about it was all kind of analytical things that I enjoyed about it as opposed to actually getting legitimate emotion like a strong emotional reaction from a record i think um what i found emotional about it is uh she's been through a breakup which has been difficult and yet she's trying to see the positive in it i think that's actually the point of the record yeah maybe um how it's all there in the song how can i make it okay so how can I make it okay? I just want you to be happy. How can I make it okay? Nothing else is as important as that to me. You know, like being able to take that kind of taking the upper, um, uh, just just taking a different viewpoint on it and just trying to put positivity into it. I found that sort of heartbreaking in a weird way when you are actually really low and really, really down. And I think the fact that it took that, very different spin on a subject that has been written about to fucking death is its genius. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. That's, that's absolutely fair enough. Yeah. Um, we feel differently about a record. <laughs> I mean, it's not the first it was time eventually it's happened. Go- it was eventually <laughs> going to happen, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> there you go. That's Blue Re- Weekend by Wolf Alice, which is out now. Let's move on to something which is kind of similar in a, in a lot of ways, I think. Uh, no Gods, No Masters by Garbage, a seventh studio album from the electro alt-rock supergroup from the 90s. The follow-up to their 2016 album, Strange Little Birds. I have to say, Renfri... I really do love garbage or more accurately, I really did love garbage <laughs> back in the day. Their first album, their self-titled debut album, the Garbage. Pink, the pink one. The pink one is one of my favourite albums of my childhood to the point where I nearly considered doing it as our next classic album. Yeah, it is actually. I did have that conversation. Albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, well, I wouldn't mind doing it. And it seems like a good time to do it. I'm not going to do it because we've done a lot of 95, 94, 95, yeah. 96 yeah. recently, so I won't do it now. But... Val, stupid girl, queer, only happy when it rains. Not this is not my idea. Absolute bangers, one and all. And yes, it sounds of its time, mm. as anything kind it of does. electro based in the nineties sounds. But I still think those songs are 
great fucking songs absolutely great songs i did quite like version 2.0 but no, no more than that to be honest and i think i just started listening to different types of music around that time and garbage and i just sort of went our separate ways they by all accounts went on to be very poppy on stuff like beautiful garbage and i went on to listen to converge and the sugar almost exclusively <laughs> for about five years so um but seeing the band at the reading festival in 1996 my first ever festival that i went to is one of my favorite memories from that absolutely brilliant weekend and shirley manson their uh, front person is an amazing vocalist a great character yeah. uh got so much personality yeah. she is brilliant so to be honest i was oddly interested in how this would sound and i was genuinely for the first time in a long time quite excited at the idea of a new garbage album hmm. and i sort of feel like i was right to be kind of excited by a new garbage album yeah 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 i, th I think i think uh, uh yes uh broadly um i'm gonna be honest here and say that uh I i'm similar to you in that i've heard basically i've heard garbage and version 2.0 before this and then kind of went my separate ways from garbage for whatever reason i can't really say why um i've i i realized going into this I've never really had a strong opinion on garbage one way or the other. Have you not? Not really. I've I've heard garbage and I've heard version 2.0 and I think they're quite good. I do agree with you that they have dated. But having said that, they do have some top fucking songs on them. Stupid girl. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm paranoid from version 2.0. Uh, only yeah, happy when it rains. Um, you know, some great songs on there. Um, I don't think either of those songs... Sorry, I don't think either of those albums are like perfect throughout kind of thing um which is why that's I probably true raise a slight yeah. eyebrow for you putting it into classic albums but then it's your choice you can do what you like and there's certainly a lot of stuff that i will agree with you when we do finally get around to that album absolutely i think the thing i was similarly interested in listening to this record because when i think of garbage and, I, and it is only because i those are the two records that i know but when i think of garbage i think of dated electric mm. Uh, rock music yeah. um you know because yeah as you said those records do sound very much of their time that's totally fine but but they they do i think it'd be quite i think the song the, the songwriting of the first album would probably break through i think if you listen to, for for a new listener now i think if you played version 2.0 to to like i don't know an 18 year old now i think they would be yep. like what is this garbage <laughs> um but yeah okay um <laughs> uh, i'm actually looking at the track listing for the debut album now and i mean i'm calling it a classic album i think there's 12 it's, it's 50 minutes long there's 12 tracks on it i think there's three songs of those 12 that i don't think are great oh, okay i mean i that's probably Just... roughly what i would say as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Does that make it a classic album? I don't know. I mean, hey, you've got if I, songs as good as... If I did the first if I did the first Foo Fighters album, I think you can do garbage. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, garbage. Uh, well, I'm surprised. I, 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 I had you penned as a... For whatever reason, I just assumed you would like garbage. I surprised myself almost because I just I just never really thought about it. And everything you're saying about Shirley Manson, like she's fucking brilliant. Like mm. if she's interviewed, I immediately read it because she's just so acerbic and so no nonsense, so no bullshit. Like, 
you know, I like her a lot as a character. Butch Vig's in the fucking band and Butch Vig has produced some of my favourite records of all time. Um, mm -hmm. I think he's a better producer than he is a drummer. Um, but I mean, I don't think he's a terrible drummer. I think he, he, he works perfectly well with this material. You know, I think it's good. And it, it is kind of weird, but it, it was just one of those things that I realised... I've just never had a strong opinion one way or the other. It's the same as whole, same as whole. I'm just like been like, yeah. Renfrey hates women. <laughs> can... <laughs> yes, that must be what it is. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so yeah, so oh, I was, uh, so I was really intrigued to go into this, and I think I, I think the main thing that I was particularly intrigued about was like, have garbage updated their sound? Yes, that that is the the thing here, isn't it? Because there are a whole bunch of these. Let's call them, let's call them Brit rock bands. I know garbage calling garbage a Brit rock band seems like a bit of a weird thing, but mm -hmm. they got chucked mm -hmm. in with the whole kind of yeah shine eight yeah. Uh, thing in the nineties for sure. And you know, I think they were totally different to most of those songs, but most of those bands. But when you listen to new music from, well, I'll use your mates, Terrorvision, <laughs> Skunk and Ancy, uh, Feeder. You know, you do get a similar sounding thing to what you always did used to get, I think. Yes. And so I was kind of shocked that the opening song has got this kind of robotic rock industrial heaviness that I don't think I've heard from Garbage before. Now, I don't know if that's a new thing. I don't know if no. that's a, an mm. evolution mm. because I've actually not heard the last few Garbage yeah, albums. Same. But... I was like, fucking hell, this song is fantastic. I th this opening song is great. I think, I mean, I, I I completely agree, really, the first song. And I think the album as a whole, generally, it does sound like an album from 2021, you know. Yep. So, so mm -hmm. any fears that I had about it sounding old and a bit dated and yada, 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 um, were pretty, I mean were pretty much nixed from the first song onwards but certainly a couple of songs in i was like okay no cool like in terms of like how this sounds there is no reason why someone super super young shouldn't be into this at all so that is the first positive point absolutely for this album and and yeah the men who rule the world is fucking great i mean the opening lyrics of the album the men who rule the world have made a fucking mess mm. <laughs> the history of power the worship of success the king is in the counting house he's chairman of the board the women who crowd the courtrooms all accused of being whores you know that's a really good way to start your record yeah you know yeah, it's, it's, it's really it's like oh she's i heard that i was like that is so shirley man yeah she's back and she's, and she's pissed around she's, yeah, she's great. not exactly she's not fucking around that's exactly it. she's not fucking about and I like that. That's great. And you get um, the second song, which is called The Creeps. It's kind of like Nine Inch Nails occasionally do that kind of bass leaden punk thing. thing like, like March of the Pigs or whatever. And it's got a bit of that on it. Like, do you know what I mean? It's got a kind of a, a, a Nine Inch Nailsy sort of feel to it. Uncomfortably Me, the third track could be on the new church or it could be on the church's album. I think it's got a similar sort of vibe to that. It's got that kind of 80s synth pop thing that they have done. I thought to be fair, quite a lot. I thought um, the, just just very quickly on the creeps. For me, it sounded like the garbage gone rave. Although I do like your Nine Inch Nails comparison. I think that's um, that's mm -hmm. fair. That not the first time or last time. Sorry, not the last time we'll talk about Nine Inch Nails in comparison to this record. Um, Uncomfortably, me for me was the first misstep on the album. Um, okay. It's a slower album. Uh, it's a slower song. A, 
ballady-esque territory. It's not really a ballad, but, you know, that sort of thing. Mm. And they conjure up a really sumptuous atmosphere and the soundscapes that created are really nice. But I think those soundscapes are hiding what is essentially a bit of a non-event of a song. And I was a little bit surprised that that song came in at that point in the record because I think there are much better songs of its type on this album. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. I think it's a pretty good song. Um, Wolves, for me, was the first noticeable step down in quality, oh, I think. Okay. Um, which is just, you know, it wasn't, again, it wasn't bad. Uh, I think there's a little run from kind of Wolves and Waiting for God. I mean, Waiting for God's quite minimalist. It took a little bit of time to settle in my mind. But then whoa, you get... Whoa, 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 whoa. I think Waiting for God is oh. one of the highlights of the album. Do you really? Yeah, it's okay. also Shirley Manson's favourite uh, song on the album. I don't know if I'd say it's my absolute number one, but it's probably my number two. Um, okay. it's my, I think Waiting for God is a better version of Uncomfortably Me. Um, it's Yes, it is another slow song. Uh, it's dark and moody. The subject matter deals with racism and the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. There's a slinky sort of Portishead vibe to it. Uh, but it sounds cinematic as well. Um, it's menacing, but without ever resorting to volume. And and I, I think that is actually quite a difficult thing to do. Uh, and I think they pull it off really well with Waiting for God. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I think it's it's all right. I mean, I think like Wolves, like I say, is much more of a step down. I think yeah. Waiting for God, it didn't grab me. I think we get to Godhead, oh, which yes. is like, I mean, I know, I know we're not meant to talk about Marilyn Manson, but it sounds like something from the last Marilyn Manson album, or like Money Shot from Pussifer, like that totally. kind of sound. Totally, and it's really good. Yeah, and it gets really heavy in the chorus. It's almost got a jump scare of a chorus. Mm, mm. Yeah, it, I, it, I, I was like, "Fucking hell, this is wicked! This is a wicked song." Really works for garbage, doesn't it? It kind of reminded me a little bit of that last Gary Newman album. Yeah, I was going to say there is a fair bit of like the Gary Newman thing yeah. in, 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 in this, um, in this record in, in bits and bobs, definitely. And I think it's, um, one of the best performances from Shirley Manson on the record. I think it's some of her best lyrics as well. It's so like, uh, would you deceive me if I had a dick, if I had a dick, would you blow it? You know, <laughs> it's like, mm. it's, uh, well, it's the differences between, it's basically how society caters itself more to men than it does to women or non-binary people or whatever, you know, and it's absolutely true. And um, it's brilliantly observed. Um, I think uh, I had a dick, would you blow it? Maybe should have been the album title. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, really love Godhead. I think it's, I think it's by far one of the best songs. It may even be my favourite I think it might be there's well there's another there's another one uh, like yeah um, there is anonymous, another one i'm thinking about as well. anonymous xxx is okay uh, yeah, it's got it's a bit right. of a latino feel to it which i didn't really like i so like much. i like um, I, I i thought that was another song that fell a bit flat but i did like the yeah. use of horns and i think marimba i'm not sure if it's marimba. oh marimba, mm. marimba. Well, i think it's marimba. Um, i'm not sure there's a woman destroyed which has got this kind of incline of a melody when it gets going it's got some really odd again quite nice nail style yeah. electronic pulse Absolutely. in the verses and there's it feels there's it feels like, like it borrows that deep warble from the terminator soundtrack yeah there's, there's some clanging at the end which yeah is almost yeah. like swampy black metal yeah 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 which i thought was really fucking cool i would like i would never expect 
to be kind of referencing black metal yeah, yeah, yeah. or swamp music it's black metal garbage, gone but... black metal gone pop isn't it and then and it yeah. goes all batman returns slash danny elfman with its tubular bells and mm. dark christmasy kind of vibe um it was actually inspired by anna lilianapore's a girl walks home alone at night film i don't know if you've oh, seen right that, yeah, yeah yeah i've heard of that film but i've not seen it's it very good um, Very cool song. Flipping the Bird has got, it reminds me of the, the Dave Bascom production style, who did Songs from the Big Chair by Tears for Fears. And again, to, to mention another band you're getting mentioned quite a lot, um, Music for the Masses era Depeche Mode yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, it's got a big Peter Hook bass line, some chiming synth at the top of the mix. I thought that sounded good. I'm not much sure if that's a good song. But I think it sounds really I good. I think that's another song that sounds very good, but uh, the sound of it kind of hides the fact that it isn't actually a very good song um, at yeah. the end of the day. It's Garbage Gone Disco is what I put. <laughs> oh, really? Disco okay. slash, simple as that. slash funk. Um, apparently it was inspired by uh, Shirley Manson's conversation with Liz Fair on her podcast, The Jump. Yeah. Lovely Yeah, stuff. I read that, yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, there's there's a few examples. I've already named a few, but there's a few examples where it feels like the sumptuous sound masks the fact that there isn't actually a very good song underneath. Yeah, there is a little bit of that. I mean, you know, I guess Garbage have probably been, well, we don't know how guilty though because like I said, I've not heard that many of their albums, but certainly I think the first album, but yeah, version 2.0, I think there was a bit of that going on. I, yes, um, I would definitely agree, yeah. And the title track reminds me of Dakota by the Stereophonics. It is probably <laughs> a bit better than that, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, Shirley Manson sounds great on it. She hits these kind of high ethereal notes and then some kind of deeper, more sinister tones on it as well. And I think she's good on it. But it does sound like Dakota by the Stereophonics. God, I hadn't really thought of that. Um, um, yeah, I think it's okay, that song. Very 80s vibe to it. Uh, not a patch on how can I make it okay. Um, but yeah, it's all right. It's all right. But then we get to This City Will Kill You, which which again is probably one of the best songs on the record, right? Yeah. Like Porter's I mean, Head mixed that's... with a Bond theme, but a good yeah, one, it's, not a crap one it's... like Die Another Day. <laughs> well, I was going to say, they've done a Bond theme. They have, they? yes, of course they have. Yeah, yeah. They have actually done a Bond theme. And I don't think this is good as their actual Bond theme. Or as good as Die Another Day. But it is bloody Silly good. Boy. <laughs> fucking excellent. It's it actually, is actually I thought it was a pretty fucking excellent way to end the record. Yeah. And just lovely to hear Garbage in 2021 and not hearing them sound like a kind of dated band from the 90s, isn't it? Yeah, totally. I mean, I like I liked that. I'm not sure that people who are only just coming to Garbage will be that shocked and surprised by what they sound like now. Because I think a lot of people do sound like this now, to be fair. Like mm. they're not really, you know, they don't really sound particularly original because a lot of people sound like this, you know. But it's just if you've been there from the start or if you remember them from the start, I think you will feel pleased that they aren't just leaning on the sound of the past and they have actually managed to kind of run with the technology and they've the updated time it. and the sounds and then they've updated it. Yeah. And that's good. And there are some moments on this record that are genuinely really, really fucking good. Uh, I think there's like half of this record is really good yeah when this record is good um i would point out the men who rule the world godhead waiting for god personally uh i know you're not as keen on that but i really like that song and this city will kill you in particular um i chuck a woman destroyed in there as well i think it's very 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 good i think there are a fair few songs that are surplus to requirements and from what i know of garbage's career that is a problem that they've had throughout their entire career. They've never written an album which is all killer, no filler. As as far as I'm aware, that's what I 
I'm led to believe and understand from reading mm. about the band and reading other reviews. Uh, and I don't think this album is all killer no filler either. But when it is good, it is really, really, really good. Um, like I said, I think they are still doing that thing where sometimes they go for a cool sound rather than writing a good song. Um, it's a very scattershot album. It's interesting how you were saying that the Wolf Alice album, uh, you're going to make a, um, a comparison with Ammo. Um, yeah. and the playlist nature of the uh, nature of it uh, i have to say i didn't feel like that with the wolf alice album although i do agree that it brings in from lots of different influences but this one did feel a little bit more scattershot and playlisty to me if i'm totally i really honest. Uh, yeah i didn't really i mean um, yeah i didn't think that so much i think garbage to me garbage do two things they do the kind of slow slinky one and then they do the kind of slightly rockier banger yeah they just that might be true i think yeah. I guess the over... It's about the level of quality of what they're doing. Like, sometimes you're like, oh, you know, nothing's yeah. really happening apart from this just sounds... There's a big, like, bass line, which yeah. is quite cool, and that's about it. Yeah, 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 And maybe you're just focusing on those kind of positive things rather mm. than... But, yeah, like, I was, I was kind of... I was kind of expecting a bit, because I do like Garbage, and maybe I was thinking back to that first album, which I love. And I hadn't really properly listened to a garbage album. That, that, that is the only garbage album I listened to. <laughs> and I actually, weirdly, I was on YouTube the other day just looking at live performances and stuff. And there was a version from of Only Happy When It Rains from like the Bizarre Festival in 1996. So it would have been just before I saw them in 1996. And they were great <laughs> that day. <laughs> Sub in Black Grape. What <laughs> a day. Cooler Shaker opening the main stage. <laughs> I think we know. I think we know where I was. <laughs> <laughs> Get, getting a beer probably. i did watch Kula shaker that day um and uh yeah it, you know they were just uh they were just fucking great yeah you know they were really great shirley manson was amazing mm. and i was like yeah god they're really great aren't they garbage and then this came along and so i think that kind of upped my anticipation level for it but then i also had to be aware that i probably was going to be like oh they're not as good anymore and they're not as good anymore you know that like let's be real this isn't as good as their debut record um, particularly within the context of the time, judging the debut in 1995 and judging No Gods, No Masters in 2021, de definitely not. And I think probably song-wise, or no, probably definitely the, the, the debut song-wise, you know, if you took those songs and just tried to play them on the acoustic guitar, I think you get more luck doing that with mm -hmm. songs from the first Garbage album. Yes, than you I would think that's broadly true. Yeah, yeah. But despite all of that, I actually like this album a yeah. fair bit a fair bit i've this is only the third garbage album i have heard uh it's my second favorite garbage album i prefer it to version 2.0 which i think is going to be very controversial amongst some people but i do yeah, prefer maybe, I, I do prefer it to version 2.0 i ab'd them uh i again i agree i don't prefer it to the debut but you know hey ho um i think the only thing that i will say I said at the beginning of this review that I didn't really have a strong opinion on Garbage one way or the other. And after having listened to this album, I still don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. I do think when this record's good, it is fucking great. Like everyone listening to this should listen to Godhead. It's fucking great. Um, and the men who rule the world and the city will kill you. Like, de like definitely, undoubtedly. I think we both agree that everyone should listen to those yeah, songs. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I still like I've heard this four or five times now and I'm like, yeah, still don't have a strong opinion on garbage. I think they're all right. 
you know and, and I'm, I'm i kind of wanted i wanted to have an opinion one way or the other and i'm still quite firmly on my fence re garbage i think it's all right for bands to be all right yeah 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 like, I like, you know, I, when I say I like garbage, what I mean is I like the first garbage album. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah but, it is. It's, it's, it's all right. It reminded me a lot of that Gary Newman album. And I think the Gary Newman album is better. I will say that. Oh, the Gary Newman album is much better. Definitely better. Yeah. Yeah, but this is good. This is definitely good. And when it's good, it's fucking fantastic. Mm. All right, good. There you go. No Gods, No Masters by Garbage is out now. Let's go on to our last album a little one we've had some pretty big records garbage wolf alice afi big bands this is not that it's a small band quite a small band they're called wrist meets razor wrist meat razor sorry which is such a fucking emo name the album is called replica of a strange love it's the second album from the washington-based metalcore band the follow-up to their debut album from 2019 misery never forgets now metalcore band probably thinking metalcore you lot are always slagging off metalcore you're always mugging it off saying how shit it is and they don't like it and that is true (laughs) because in 2021 it's pretty rubbish but this is much more of the early noughties metalcore stroke streamo worship screamo worship (laughs) not streamo uh screamo (laughs) worship that bands like sea space cowboy frail body vain gift from god and the like have been doing over the last few years than it is any kind of asking Alexandria, shiny mm. MTV, mm. Um, boy band in black trousers with floppy fringes thing. I mean, this could have been pulled out of some random Trustkill Records box of stuff from 2001. Do you know what I mean? It's it's even even the artwork to this record yeah. looks like something that would have been on a fucking nora demo looks like back the, it in looks like the 1999 looks like the gift from god album artwork it's almost identical <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it's very it really very similar it really is now we've been really kind of positive about a lot of that stuff because we're like isn't it great to hear that sound kind of come back again yeah isn't that great i think i, don't I think know for if, your health was the most recent band to have a similar sort of vibe yeah. that we both loved that's right that I've record was great about them but yes yeah, yeah. um and we've been super positive about most of that stuff. We've been, we've sort of said, hey, you know, if you do like metalcore and you're not into, or you haven't ever got into the kind of proper early old school sound of that music, these bands are doing something which might hopefully lead you to go and. Yeah. I still don't think anyone's got close to doing a Jane Doe or a We Are the Romans or a, nope. you know, Calculating Infinity or whatever from that scene. And Replica of a Strange Love doesn't get close either if we're being honest Um, doesn't get within a mile i don't think (laughs) no it it, it's not a bad record this and i really do like the intention of what they're doing what difference what differentiates sorry difference what differentiates wrist meat razor from the other bands that we spoke about is i think wrist meat razor have gone on a few more years uh, to mine their pool of influences a bit i think than the other bands that we've talked about and that we've been quite nice about yes and they are pulling from stuff which was when i started to get a little bit pissed off with metalcore yes yes now, indeed. that doesn't mean that the majority of this record is bad i don't think i think the opening song 
It's got some really fucking savage guitar parts and some fairly maniacal vocal hooks on it. Oh, that's interesting. I think the opening song is one of the worst songs on the record. I was going to say, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> but when those clean bits come in oh, and dreadful. it goes all emo... Dreadful. I was like, oh, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing that? There's a proper... Like the second, last Tango in Paris, there's a real great Killswitch Engage riff on it. And then it starts to sound like 18 Visions. Yes. And there's too much of this record where I go, don't do 18 Visions and Atreyu and bloody early Avenged Sevenfold yes. and all those shit bands. Don't do that. Do Poison the Well. Do yeah. what the other ones are doing. Do the Poison <laughs> the Well. Because you can do that. Nietzsche is dead. 90 seconds long. Uh, Massive screamy riff. Nietzsche is dead is brilliant. Brilliant it's great. song. Yeah. The shorter songs on the record are the better ones for me. Sycophant. That discordant guitar breakdown at the end of Sycophant. Fucking wicked. Yeah. But then it's when you get stuff like, like I can understand why they're trying to do a kind of gothy, mixing it up. Like Love Saver's Lost is like a fucking Aiden song. Oh. Like, the, I, uh, I get it. Mix it up a bit. But lads, mm, mm. you don't need to go even under three minutes. It's too long just to be in like a sort of bit in the middle of the album um interlude it's just not good man i think the thing is is when they go into more i like i think there are some promising things when they go into the slightly more experimental stuff uh 99 and 44 uh slash 100 is great it has a really dark industrial nine inch nails vibe to it um i don't dislike love labor's loss quite as much as you do um but i but i do feel like that it is undercooked. i feel like there is the foundation of what could be a really cool song in there but they just haven't they just they <laughs> they haven't left it in the oven for long enough to continue that vaguely okay analogy um <laughs> uh you know like it's just it just feels very half-baked, hey, half-assed. It just doesn't feel like they've really gone fully in on the experimentation. Sometimes some of the stuff on this um, album is just fucking lazy. Uh, the uh, I do actually agree with you on the first song, Our Distress Entwined. It starts, I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. Lovely stuff. Um, and then, yes, the clean vocals come in. But the other thing I will say now... I know we've discussed this in the past, my my dislike of um, lazy breakdowns, but Our Distress Entwined is one of the laziest breakdowns I've ever heard in my entire fucking life. It is so fucking dull and it is so meat-headed and so just like, ugh. it's just mm. crap. And the thing is, is the their contemporaries, they've been on tour with CU Space Cowboy. And I've not had the opportunity to see Sea Space Cowboy yet. I'm really itching to. But I would imagine, I mean, I, yeah, I can't really comment on them live, but certainly musically, Sea Space Cowboy are doing some far more interesting shit and far more often. And they have far fewer clangers on mm. their album than this Wrist Meets Razor record. I think the other thing that kind of bugs me about it personally and it and it, it that this record does really bug me it's it's frustrating because there is actually some really good stuff on this record 
Um, we've already said Nietzsche's dead. It's absolutely great. I think the last song, um, All the Way Alive, All the Way Alive. has some really, mm. really, really good shit on it. Uh, and actually, the pen, penultimate song is pretty good as well. Uh, this Summer Sorry to Growing Old and The Waiting. Jesus Christ, that is an emo name. But yes, I think there is yeah. some good shit there. Um, yes, it is definitely uh, influenced by a lot of that Trustkill earlier metalcore stuff that we do tend to favour. Um, well, we definitely favour over the latter-day metalcore stuff, but it is produced like a latter-day metalcore album, which I think totally um, uh, fucks up a lot of how good these songs could be. A lot of what I like about the chaos of a band like Vane, For Your Health, See Space Cowboy, I've talked about this quite a lot, where it's on a uh, razor's edge. It feels like it could collapse at any moment. And there is none of that on this record. It's too precise. It's too clean. It's too... And that is that modern metalcore production. It's it's the thing that I moan about with architects. Architects never sound like they're about to fall apart at any moment. Um, and neither do Wrist Meets Razor. And for me, as a result... I think there is, by the way, I think there is, for people listening, I think there is quite a gap between the super shiny poppier modern metalcore production and i mean i know what you're saying this mm. to me is much more it's produced a bit more like i don't know uh like knock loose yes yes exactly you know? which is still metalcore and it's still you know pro tool to fuck and it is quite precise but i think just you know like architects are you know architects are very kind of clean sounding i mean particularly you know when you think of somebody like polaris or i'd say i'd say when i when Asking i Alexandria you're you're right kind of you're things. right to pick me up on it i i when i said architects i was thinking older architects more than the new album mm, mm. you know but but yes it has it's far yes and you you're definitely right to pull me up on that but it has it, it's 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 the music feels like it should be more chaotic than it is and I think the reason, I think a large part of the reason for that is because the production, the production that they have gone for. And I imagine it's a choice, but it was a bad one. Um, and it's just frustrating because, like I say, like some of this is really, really good. And there are a yeah. lot of really, really good um, things on it. But there is just as much. But I mean, it's very 50-50 good stuff to bad stuff, I think. It's almost... Yeah, exactly I, I think when it goes for the jugular, this can be really cool. Absolutely, yeah. I think when it properly goes to jugular and they just go for the jugular, it can be really cool. I do actually agree with you on um, 9.99 and 44 out of 100. I don't know what kind of fucking name yeah. that is. That's the kind of quiet, gothy thing, but much better than Love's Labour's Lost, yeah. which I was like, oh, no, yeah. please. But unfortunately, I think there are too many times when it, it just sort of wimps out a bit. Like, I know that sounds like a, quite a trite thing to say. It wimps out and it borrows too heavily from the commercial end of this type of music. And yeah. I, I think that, you know, be one or the other. Like, maybe it's maybe it's there sort of trying to go, can we actually make a commercial version of the old school metalcore that we really liked? And I would say... No, you can't. It's not because people, yeah, you can't because people have tried to do that. And that's why we have, you know, so many of those crap bands yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and they seem to have a foot in, in both of those camps. Yes, they do. Which, they really, I, I'm not sure I've ever heard a band who straddle the line between stuff that I hate and stuff that I love quite as much as Ritz 
meet Razor do. That's why. That's why I thought that this would be interesting to talk about because I completely agree with you. There, there are. I'm so up and down on this record because there are bits like Nietzsche is dead. If is is one of the best songs of this type I've heard all year. Yeah. It's fucking great. It's great. But oh my god, when they like the some oh. <laughs> and I suppose this is, you know, you could kind of accuse us of going oh you're putting boundaries on this thing the thing that we always rally against but it's not about putting back ba- in fact if anything it feels like it feels like the modern metalcore sound is putting more boundaries on it and it feels like well you know you, you can say you're putting boundaries like oh i should be able to put salt in my tea don't put boundaries <laughs> on me it's like well yeah you, you can but it won't taste very nice yes like, yes exactly yes exactly yeah. exactly so yeah i mean i think that after love labors because i was like Oh, Distress Entwined. I was like, mm, okay, well, I do like the opening to that. And then it, I was like, oh, you fucking yeah. pretty, pretty horrible, like sick, like sickly vocals. Last Hang of Paris I thought was pretty good, even though, again, I thought it it did get a bit sickly. And then Sycophant Nietzsche is Dead. I was like, this album's really good. Love Labour's Lost just kind of killed it. And then there's a few songs after that where I'm like, you, you, it's too far into the kind of gooey territory for me and it was a bit kind of middling and then it gets quite good again towards the end it's a real kind of roller coaster of a of a record it's a hell of a roller coaster yeah and i would say to them um you know there's sort of one of two ways that you can go here you can either make an an album that kind of leans in on the stuff at the start and at the end that we like and you can impress us or we'll never you can go the other way and we'll never speak about you again again. i mean you know not not like wrist meets wrist meet razor you have you know the the only thing they care about is our approval i'm I'm convinced that's not true but you know you don't want to be like do you really want to be one of those modern metalcore bands come on lads you don't you don't want to be that go and do the thing do the thing look at your album cover you want to be fucking turmoil Mm. Well, you want to be the Judas fact, you want to be poison the well, do that. Who knows? Who knows what they want? May- maybe the entire point of this record is to straddle those two things and maybe they genuinely like both things equally. Um, but uh, I don't <laughs> and you don't. And, and, <laughs> no, I and don't it's either. fucking frustrating. I think another mm. thing I will say, and like some people are just going to roll their eyes at this and that's fine. That's my MO, making people's eyes roll. But um, this... <laughs> <laughs> a nod of agreement there um but uh the press release fucked me off for this as well because there was a lot of kind of references to um like all the worthy books that they had been reading and stuff like that like uh Nietzsche, Nietzsche, Foucault, Le- Anton LaVey and it says how yeah. it's more to make sense of human reactions and sociological phenomena specific to ongoing events hopeless romanticism is the past personal philosophy is the present you know and there's observing heartache through a philo- philosophical lens yes and all that like so kind of wor- like really worthy language and really pompous and yada 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 I asked the PR for the lyrics to this record and they are fucking objectively terrible and yeah there's some really there's some quite bad lyrics on here yeah there's some quite like like real emo lyrics. really bad and to be fair if if i wouldn't have even mentioned it if they hadn't have been so fucking pompous in their press release but because they have been so pompous in their press release i was like okay let's have a look at your lyrics and i got sent them and they're shit they're fucking crap 
<laughs> like the fucking well, awesome. hardcore band with shit lyrics that seems very unlikely doesn't it well you know but, what yeah. you're absolutely right and 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 some people would just be like it's hardcore who gives a fuck but it's it, the reason i give a fuck is because they are so fucking i read a book about philosophy in in the press release and i'm like you arrogant fucking prick you like your lyrics are fucking atrocious and just because you've read fucking focar doesn't mean that you write it doesn't mean that you can translate that into anything that is vaguely interesting um and that attitude fucks me off don't pretend to be something that you're not and i think there's a bit of that with this to be honest and it really irked me um, um you gave it you gave Eddie, this album Eddie. six out of ten in metal hammer didn't yeah i you? gave it six out of ten i think that's i think that's, I think that's about right that's six fair. out of ten yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. a bad record, but it's a very frustrating record. Very it's frustrating. A frustrating one. I think I think I said in that review that they're they're it's laudable what they're trying to do. Yeah, totally, totally. And but but they never get anywhere close to you know the very best of this stuff. No, you get little hint. Think... You get little hints here and there that they're capable of so much more than what they are doing, but they never fully flesh out those ideas, and it's really frustrating. I can hear. There is potential there, but they are not realising that potential at this point in their career or, or on this album. I've not heard the first one, but they're not realising it on this album. Definitely not. Yeah, fair. Um, I did like it. It's also, <laughs> it was recorded at Bricktop Recording Studios. Turkish, going over to recording studio. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Bricktop. <laughs> this is new school metalcore, you fucking cunt. Feed him to the pigs. <laughs> <laughs> what i like to imagine happened but obviously it didn't anyway replica of a strange love by wrist meat razor is out now and that's about all we've got time for go and go to our patreon page <laughs> patreon.com go and go to our patreon page patreon.com forward slash right at podcast you can get your old neil young special coming on monday we're going to be doing uh writers review on bauhaus and other things the shags philosophy of the world is uh, going to be our next broken record you really do want to listen to that mm-hmm. and next week on the show we are going to be reviewing the new fear factory probably uh yeah <laughs> yes i imagine we are we're, we're, is, we're it, is that out next week that. i think so yeah oh ah, fuck we're definitely doing the new bosk and the new backwash next week undoubtedly yeah. cut to me apart we're gonna do that as well aren't we <laughs> If it actually is out next week, I, I, I've totally I missed that on the schedule. If it is, but yeah, okay, cool. It's out next week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sounds like Fear Factory. If we don't, um, <laughs> just, in case, <laughs> just in case we don't, there's one about the computers is on there. Uh, and uh, anyway, see you later. That's the end of the show. Bye. <laughs>